Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Assessing Organizational Ability to Support Client Self-Management. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on July 19, 2017. The webinar is presented by the Lewin Group in collaboration with the SAMHSA-HRSA Center for, or- for Integrated Health Solutions and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to ensuring beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations in care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. In this podcast, Dr. Larry Davidson, Professor of Psychiatry and Director of the Yale Program for Recovery and Community Health, provides an overview of self-management support. You'll see here at the top that the Institute of Medicine defines self-management as the tasks that individuals must undertake to live well with one or more chronic conditions. Ordinarily, we think of that in the context of chronic diseases like diabetes or asthma or hypertension. It's only been fairly recently that we've begun to consider that it's possible to do this, to live well with a serious mental illness or substance use disorder. For many decades prior, these were illnesses that we didn't really think of as illnesses per se, and even if we did think of them as illnesses, we thought of them as chronic, debilitating, and even progressive They weren't things that we thought people could live a good life with. But over the last 30 years with the recovery movement, we've now come to understand that you can live well in the face of an ongoing mental illness or substance use disorder, and that it's very possible and important for persons with behavioral health conditions to learn how to do so just like persons with chronic physical conditions. Next slide, please. So what we've learned from the recovery movement is that many people diagnosed with a serious mental illness or substance use disorder will be able to recover fully over time. The statistics on different illnesses vary, but in each case, there are many examples of people being able to recover fully from even disorders like schizophrenia or addiction. However, not everyone is going to recover fully, and what the recovery movement has focused equally on is the possibility of learning to live a full life in the face of an ongoing condition, something that we're coming to call personal recovery as compared to clinical recovery. It's essential in the pursuit of personal recovery to learn the self-management skills that are possible given the condition that the person has, and that has become a central focus for behavioral health care. This means we've shifted or are making a shift in paradigms in behavioral health from viewing treatment as something that expert providers do to clients who are passive recipients of care or at best are supposed to follow the instructions of providers to people who need to take a more active and collaborative role in their own recovery and in their individual lives. And organizations need to make this paradigm shift as well as care providers. Next slide, please. So how does one go about supporting self-management? What does it involve? You start by eliciting and understanding the person's own perspective on their situation, including what they understand about the illness that they have or that we think they have or that we're trying to educate them about. But we need to understand first where they're coming from so we can meet them where they're at, so to speak. 
Then we engage them in a collaborative decision-making process where they can articulate their needs, preferences, and goals, and we can situate the treatment and education self-management process in the context of those personal strengths and where the person's trying to get to in their day-to-day lives. This leads to activating the person to learn and exercise the self-care skills that we try to teach them. Sounds like the first webinar in this series focused squarely on this process of activation. It's become a very important part of the process to understand that people need encouragement, they need role modeling, they need uh, lots of things in order to start to believe that they can manage these conditions because they, like most of us, were originally thought of these things as as sort of derailments from life rather than as something that one can learn to master in the context of one's everyday life. So activation involves a significant amount of work in getting people to believe that it's possible and that they have the wherewithal to do so. This involves focusing on things like self-efficacy and locus of control, helping people have hope that it's possible to live a better life and that they can play an important role in doing so. Then comes the process of mobilizing the natural supports in the person's life, typically family members, friends, other staff who are part of the multidisciplinary team who can encourage and reinforce the use of these self-care skills on a day-to-day basis. And finally, in the spirit of seeing the person, the patient, the client as a collaborative partner in the process, we elicit their feedback on how we can improve the acceptability, quality, and effectiveness of the care we offer.